Hi, my name is Annie Grossman, and I'm a dog trainer. This podcast is brought to you by School for the Dogs, a Manhattan-based facility I own and operate along with some of the city's finest dog trainers. During this podcast, we'll be answering your questions, geeking out on animal behavior, discussing pet trends, and interviewing industry experts. Welcome to School for the Dogs podcast. Hey everyone, thanks for being here. Just want to jump into things, don't need to talk too much about how crazy everything is right now here in New York City and pretty much everywhere. If you're listening to this in the future, I hope future listener is experiencing less craziness <laughs> than what we're in right now. Um, quick update about School for the Dogs. We did have to close our studio and we had to suspend our walking program. Basically, we're, we are more or less shut down as far as our physical space goes, but we're trying to use this time as much as possible to offer training to people online wherever they are because we feel this is a time when people are in need and we also want to keep our trainers employed. So we're trying to take advantage of this time to beef up our online offerings. We've been doing daily webinars on lots of different subjects. We are doing free 30-minute sessions right now. We are trying to do everything we can to bring our services to people who are in need right now, people who are home with their dogs, people who are fostering dogs, and trying to see this as an opportunity to help people outside of New York City. Obviously, we're normally focused on New York City because that's where our studio is, but thanks to technology, we're trying to reach more people. So if you have not already signed up for this free 30-minute session with me or one of my trainers, please go ahead and do so. I'm not sure how long we will be able to offer this, but you can sign up at schoolforthedogs.com slash services. And if you want to continue training after that first session, we're doing pay what you wish. And you can also see information about our webinars there and about our online course, which we just launched kind of good timing to bring training online. It was purely coincidental, but I'm excited that people are doing the online course and getting something out of that. But I wanted to talk today, actually kind of relates to the online course. So I did a webinar right before we opened enrollment on the online course, you know, with the goal of both offering some, I think, really good free information to people about dog training and also to tell people about the new course. And there were like all these emails that went along with the webinar if you signed up and um, and then encouraging people to watch the replay or whatever. And truth be told, it was like, it was more email marketing than I've ever done. And I admit it was like maybe a little much. And I think if we do anything like that again, I probably will go in and change things a little bit. But I have this mentor uh, who's really wonderful. His name is Jacques Hopkins, a mentor in the online course world. He has a podcast called The Online Course Guy, which if you're interested in online courses, you should totally check out. And he was like, this is the way you need to sell this course. This is what you need to do with this webinar. And I just kind of decided to do 
what he said um, because I really trust him. And I also felt like, you know, you need to know the rules before you break the rules. So I just went with it. And some of it felt maybe a little disingenuous just because, like I said, I probably wouldn't go that route without being pushed to the sort of like emailing people every day route. But I also think you know, Jock's point was you have a really amazing course and you need to get in front of people and this is how you're going to, you know, get people to sign up for it. Anyway, all of this is to say I actually got a lot of emails from people thanking me and saying that they really enjoyed the webinar, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, which felt great. But then I also got some e emails from a few people who were like, why are you emailing me all the time? Um, uh, and one of these emails said, you are so out of touch. Nobody cares about dog training right now. And I thought, oh, you know, it's such a reminder about how we all live in our bubbles. And certainly I'm in a bubble of people who care about dog training. And I, and I know that can look ridiculous from the outside under the best of circumstances. And when the world is in crisis, I can see why it might even look more ridiculous than normal. And just like anyone, anything, I guess, that you, you know, people see as a hobby or, or someone else's passion can look silly. You know, my husband is, he works in classics. He's a classics professor and he does a lot of spoken Latin and he does a lot of tutoring. And, you know, the last few days he's been tutoring people in spoken Latin, and I listened to him in the other room because, of course, we're both working from home right now. And, and it's easy even for me to think, you know, why would anybody care? Everything going on right now about speaking this dead language that, like, they're never going to be able to have a conversation with in a foreign country with anybody. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, so she said, why would anyone care about dog training right now? And I thought, you know, I would actually really like to answer that question because I can think of quite a few reasons why I think dog training matters maybe more than ever, more than ever before in my career right now. And I feel more than ever lucky to have found this passion and to also be able to make a living at it and to help other people. I really love what I do. Someone actually who purchased the online course the other day said, if I won the lottery, I would become a dog trainer. And I thought, if I won the lottery, I'd still be a dog trainer. <laughs> anyway, here are five reasons I've been thinking about regarding why dog training matters more than ever. First of all, we're living in what is kind of one big socialization exercise, and people tend to think about socialization as something that happens with puppies, but my feeling is socialization is kind of happening all the time. Dogs are learning all the time, and the process of socialization is helping dogs learn how to feel good in the worlds that we are, uh, the world that we are asking them to live with in, which is you know, generally a human world. And, you know, like so much of what we do in puppy class is introducing puppies to new objects, new sights, new sounds, new new surfaces, just lots of new things that we want them to feel really comfortable about because you never know when a man with wearing nothing but uh, garbage bags and a pail on his head is going to come <laughs> running down the street. And, you know, of course you can't introduce your puppy to every single thing they're ever going to encounter, but you certainly can introduce them to enough strange things that when they see some new strange thing, they must think, oh, this is probably not a big deal. And, you know, Ken Ramirez, who is a kind of a celebrity animal trainer in, in the field, he is uh, one of the heads of the Karen Pryor Academy. Uh, he used to be at the Shedd Aquarium in uh, Chicago. And one time I heard him tell a story about when he was working at Shedd, and I think, I think he was working with otters. 
I might be getting that wrong, but that they did so much socialization with these otters because I don't know, maybe like they were in a building that was under construction. And so they wanted them to not be scared of, you know, the vicissitudes of a building that's where there are a lot of workers around. And I remember him saying how there was a big storm and I think they were scared about like the skylight or something or the roof blowing off, which I can't imagine that. But anyway, he said, you know, if, if the skylight falls in or the roof caves in, I want these otters to just think, you know, oh, those silly humans, what kind of thing are they up to now? Because they were socializing them all the time. And so we're in a moment of dealing with a lot of change. And that means that we're in a moment of teaching our dogs to try and feel comfortable about these changes and to prepare them for future changes in the way that we make them feel comfortable right now. So how are we making them feel comfortable? I mean, you have to answer that question for yourself, knowing your dog and knowing yourself and knowing the kinds of changes that you're having to deal with right now. But maybe you're having to stay inside a lot. We tend to think about socialization as something that happens, you know, bringing dogs places outside. But there's socialization that needs to happen in your home. You want your dog to feel good about all the things that they're going to encounter in your home. You want your dog to feel good about you maybe being around a lot you being on the phone, you talking to people on the computer. And it's your job to think about how you can make these experiences as good as possible for your dog so that you're kind of helping your dog build a library of different experiences that they should, that they can feel good about. Because again, you're never going to know what the next crazy thing is that's going to happen in life. But the, the richer your dog's library, the better they're going to be able to deal with the next crazy unexpected event that you and your dog might find yourselves in. By the way, I should mention that my 15-month-old daughter is in my lap right now. So you might, you might hear her in the background. She's chewing at the end of the microphone. Another reason why I think dog training matters right now is that people are going through a lot of changes that are bringing up questions about how to train their dogs. We are getting a lot of questions about how am I going to prepare my dog for being away from me because he is spending so much time with me that now I'm worried about separation anxiety in the future. How am I supposed to get any work done at home with my dog because he wants me to pay attention to him because he's not used to having me home this much? How do I get my dog to go to the bathroom inside rather than outside because I'm sick and I can't take my dog for a walk or I don't want to go outside? How do I socialize my puppy when we're not allowed to have people over or go anyplace, and I know this is such a critical time for puppy owners to be socializing puppies, and it's uh, really, really difficult right now. Anyway, we've been trying to do daily webinars, my trainers and I, in order to address these kinds of questions, but there are a lot of new issues people are experiencing with their dogs, and uh, so that's certainly a reason why it matters. You know, another thing is that I think dog training matters right now because it's something that people can be doing with their dogs while they're home and while they might have more free time with their dogs at home than they're used to. You know, as I always say, dogs are learning all the time, which means anybody who's spending time with a dog is training a dog. We're often just not thinking about what we're training them, but this is an opportunity to take some time to think about what you want your dog to be learning 
and uh, use this time to do some good dog training. I love all the videos that I'm seeing from clients who are also just using this time to do fun things with their dog, teach tricks. We have a class on teaching dogs how to use iPads, just fun stuff. Certainly, if you're stuck at home spending time with your dog, it's an opportunity in some ways to see how far you can take your abilities to train and their abilities to learn. Reason number four uh, why dog training matters right now is that kids are home from school all over the country right now. And I think that there is so much opportunity for kids to learn how to train dogs and to learn about the science of behavior as part of that. I don't think that I learned anything about behavioral science all growing up in school. Certainly we did physics and chemistry and biology, but I think one hour of education on <laughs> how animals learn probably would have been more beneficial to me than all the years I did of uh, physics and chemistry because it relates to everything as far as I can tell. <laughs> because once we understand how animals learn, we have a real window into how humans learn because, of course, humans are animals. So I think that there is a lot of opportunity right now for kids to have a little bit of a science education in doing dog training. And also, I think there's a, a chance that kids could get excited about dog training during this moment. And what parent wouldn't want to outsource some dog training to their children, especially if you have kids home and uh, you're trying to figure out what you can do with them and also make it educational at the same time. One, behavior-based issues. And two, biting children. So if we can educate kids on changing behavior using force-free methods, using reward-based methods, using methods that are actually fun, and also educate kids on dog body language a little bit, we can go a long way, I think, towards keeping dogs out of shelters now and in the future, since those kids are going to grow up and uh, train more dogs in their lifetimes. Also, I think that children learn about caretaking from how we take care of our animals, from how we train our animals. So I think if we can train our animals in such a way that our dogs are wanting to comply, that our dogs are excited about training and we're excited about training with them, I think we're setting a good example for our kids on about like how we take care of those we live with and, and love. The last reason why I think it's a uh, an important moment to be thinking about dog training is that there is an animal whose behavior fascinates me almost as much as dog behavior fascinates me, and that is the human animal. We're living in a really big behavior experiment right now, certainly is one way to look at it. 
if you just think about why we're doing the things we do and why we're not doing the things we're not doing, it all falls into the category of conditioning. We're either doing things because it's going to make something good happen or going to make something bad go away, and we're not doing things uh, that are going to make something bad happen to us or make something good go away. That is reinforcement and punishment. We're animals, and we're controlled by our environment, and uh, we're controlled by contingencies. So it's interesting to look at the choices that we're all making in this strange time. And it's interesting to think about how we're being trained and the forces that are training us, whether that's the government, our families, the media. Our behavior is being affected and it's affecting the choices that we're making. Being a dog trainer certainly sharpens my view of the world as it relates to behavior. And, you know, it leaves me never bored <laughs> because there's always some kind of behavior around to observe, whether it's mine or someone else's. Woof shout out this week to Dr. Lisa Littman. She's the veterinarian who spoke to us about dogs and coronavirus in our last episode. Sadly, both of Dr. Lisa's parents have COVID-19 and are on ventilators. Dr. Lisa is working to collect gloves, gowns, and masks for the workers at the hospital in Florida where her parents are because they are low on supplies. And my heart goes out to Dr. Lisa. Hope that your parents recover soon. What a terrible thing. And our fun fact of the day, uh, perhaps not not so fun as I found a fact that relates to the coronavirus. I guess it's kind of a fun fact about a not fun thing. So the pangolin is a kind of anteater, kind of Asian anteater, that seems like there is some evidence that coronavirus might have jumped from the pangolin to humans, possibly because of the fact that it's trafficked a lot. It's a highly trafficked animal, prize it for its scales, and uh, I don't know for what reasons, but sadly, I think that they wind up at meat markets a lot, despite the fact that they're endangered. And there are rats that have uh, been trained to find pangolins to help people protect pangolins. Isn't that a neat thing? So I will put a link in the show notes to a little video I found about rats who are trained to help pangolins. Thanks so much for listening. You can support School for the Dogs podcast by telling your friends about it, leaving a review, or shopping in our online store. You can learn more about us and sign up to get lots of free training resources when you visit us online at schoolforthedogs.com. 